there's some really good ones like over here. perspective of belonging and we kind of utilize that as a puzzle piece perspective. 
different kind of categories when we talk about these engagement strategies. And we're going to kind of focus them into these areas. So knowing your student excellently, that's really just getting to know those students through that public-based perspective. And you'll kind of see that here in a minute. But also like giving the students relevant content, uh, active learning opportunities, so that movement piece, like really a lot of kids need to move. Uh, student collaboration, how those students can like work together and do different things like hands-on. And then uh, increasing those opportunities to respond. So those what we call like OTRs, and so you'll hear maybe mention that a few times. And then what it means to intentionally embed these within your lesson. So that's kind of where we're going uh, throughout. So we're gonna play the video here. We'll see.
seen other challenges, and then going above and beyond that, other students know their um, classmates' strengths and challenges, and how can we utilize that? And you know, I would love to turn mine in, you know, my all pink or whatever, my pinky green for an all green, but that just doesn't work that way, right? So we're all created in the image of God, and we're all, all these students, even the kids that are never absent, they have like a ton of behaviors, right? They're always here. They have a lot of greens, right? And they have some challenges too, but how can we work with each other to kind of build each other up and, um, you know, in our colleagues too, we all have strengths and challenges that, uh, you know, others can kind of work in us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So you gotta know your students before you can engage with them. So you have a little uh, handout here, a little puzzle piece for yourself, and I encourage you maybe even to do this with your students. Uh, this isn't like pink and green, but it does have just a little puzzle piece there. So maybe the you know the top part could be your strengths, and maybe the bottom could be your challenges. So go ahead and take about a minute or so just to write down some of your strengths and challenges. You heard one of mine. Mine was math. That was a pain. Uh, let's see another pink of mine. Uh, my handwriting is awful. Um, it's like second grade writing, right? So um, I type a lot, so I have tools for that. My memory is also like pretty bad. I have some greens too. I'll get to those in a minute. But uh, I have lots of things. But my memory is not very good, so like I used to lose my stuff all the time, uh, and particularly with my keys and my wallet. Anybody else do that? Yeah. Some people aren't being truthful. Uh, so really, so I had to come up with some tools to help me. So every time I come in the door, I have to hang my keys. I got my wallet and stuff in the same spot. So I have a tool, even though I have a challenge, I have tools to kind of help me with that. Okay? And so some of my strengths are maybe like sports, gross motor, uh, long-term memory, a little bit better than my short-term work, my stuff. So go ahead and take about a minute and write down some of your strengths and challenges.
some challenges. Go ahead, raise your hand. A few of us. How many, okay, now raise your hand. Anybody like, like kind of like opposite, like your strengths, like my challenges? So a lot of you are similar, right? Raise your hand feels like similar, like pretty close. Organization, like, you know, a lot of teachers here, so you're probably like, well organized. Probably got a hand right me. Anybody else um, good with sports or gross motor skills, that sort of thing? Yeah, a few of us, awesome. Very good, so that's check of mine too, so power of that. So, so you get to get to know your students. It's a great activity to do, like especially the first part of the year. So your students, and then they can kind of come back and kind of lean on that, because those are great conversation starters. Uh, hey, remember you like to play video games, and, or you're a great artist, man, I'm really having trouble with this project. Can you help me with art, and I can help you with some math. I need that math, right? So um, those are um, important things to, to have. Um, it's also important, you know, when you're uh, talking about student engagement is to know your people, know the background knowledge of your students. If they don't have the background knowledge of your content, we need to kind of build that in before we kind of jump into the lessons and into the curriculum. So making sure that um, have some organizers, have some pictures, you know, pictures have, you know, as we're like processing information, we process pictures so much faster than we do words. And so accessing that background knowledge um, you know, students can get a lot of information just from this picture about electric cars, if you had a problem about electric cars. Just by looking at that for a little bit, students have a little bit more background knowledge of what that might look like. Okay, so images are a great way to just get students engaged. That's just a simple one. Uh, I really like this one. This is, you probably won't be able to read the back, but this is called Power Previewing. So if you're talking about um, text, so skimming a text, so you can follow for clues, what features stand out, pencil on some of that key info. Uh, what's the text about? How is it organized? Pry open your memory. What looks familiar? That's accessing that background knowledge. And personalized. What seems interesting? So making like those connections, asking questions, having those students uh, determine what's interesting. If they own it, then they'll be able to apply it, right? And then um, what did you learn? So uh, predict what will you learn in this uh, context. So that's a great, I love this one. I used it a lot uh, when I was in the classroom. Just a great accessing that uh, prior knowledge. Uh, also, you know, once you know your students, you can relate your content uh, to your students' ability and interests. And so you're able to kind of tailor things in a little bit of a different way. Uh, if you have a student that just loves Minecraft and that's all they really care about, you may want to create something that's sort of related to Minecraft just to get that student engaged, right? Uh, and have multiple access points for students. Uh, so having uh, students be able to like, do some small group work if they're super shy, right? They're not going to be raising their hand to speak out in front of the classroom. So start small and work out into a larger type of a segment. So we're going to go over some of those low, Im low uh, impact points today, uh, talk about some of those. Uh, okay, so you have another handout here. And so this is just kind of fun. Uh, these are different teaching approaches. And uh, I don't have the answers for you, but um, you have uh, at the top of the pyramid, you have 10% and 20%, all the way down to 90%. And on the left are different types of teaching approaches or teaching styles. So I'd like you to just take a stab at it and figure out which one of those categories uh, each teaching strategy goes with the percentage. So take a stab at that, and we'll go over the answers soon.
So we've got audiovisual discussion, some demonstration, kind of like I'm doing it, you're watching, a lecture, like uh, I can just kind of like open up, I'm going to give the information to you, enjoy. Uh, practice by doing, that's more that hands-on, and then like reading, and then teaching others. So let's see how close you are in yours. So this is average retention rates of students. So I'll go ahead and read if you can't see them back. Uh, so the, nine, uh, the top, like, doesn't even get a percentage. It's like not even like relevant is lecture. Think about that for a second as we're thinking about our teaching strategies. And then reading it to students is 10%. Audiovisual, like uh, pairing some things, like some images with some, like a movie clip or something. Uh, 20% demonstration, discussion, practice by doing, so like getting into it, and then teaching others is 90% effective, that retention rate. So we think about really our core is like wanting students to like learn and like take this information after the summative assessment and then transfer it to like real life later on. We want to be in that um, kind of the bottom of that pyramid, right? I admit, like, when I was in the classroom, I was probably more in that top part. If I had, like, had the strategies that we're going to take away today and that I knew this information, I would have been a much more effective uh, educator. So hindsight, you know, is always 20-20, but you guys are going to be able to get some tools today, and you have this information, so you're in a better place than I was uh, when I was teaching. So great information. It's great to know, like, when you're planning your lessons, how can we... And you can't always get away from lecture, right? Sometimes you just have to give the students information right now. Uh, but mixing it up and not always living in one of these camps uh, is going to be helpful for your students. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, so we're going to be really focusing on the total participation techniques uh, today. It's, it's a mind shift for many because most of us in the classroom, we're used to just kind of like being up front and like giving the information out. Uh, but this was really super interactive in kind of how we're doing things. Uh, this is the work of um, Ursita and William Himalay, and so you'll be able to see kind of a link to them uh, in the slides that you'll get if you like scan that code, you'll be able to get the slides. You can find our uh, book here. So we utilize a lot of these um, uh, high-performing um, strategies in our book. So multiple access points that we talked about for students. Um, some are quick, like you can do them like right away, you don't have to plan really for them. Others are a little bit more intentional, we'll kind of go through which ones we'll do. Take a little bit more planning. And then um, the biggest thing that I just keep reiterating is just start small. Just take one and try it. And then try it again and try it again because it'll fail a couple times maybe, and then, or it just won't go right. But try it like, kind of like I tell my kids, right? Uh, you gotta eat like three bites before, like, of carrots or whatever, because then I just throw it on the floor like I don't get it. So make sure you try, try it a couple times, uh, and then try it from So uh, we're gonna start with active learning. A little bit. So even some small movement in a classroom can really build like student engagement, kind of refresh, kind of change kind of where students are at. So we're going to talk about some practical strategies uh, just to get kids up and moving, but also it's not just like fun and games, but you're also like relating to the content that you're teaching. And so you're getting feedback and they're getting some uh, movement in, in the first place. So give one or two a try. Uh, so the first one is lineups. And so uh, what you might do uh, is you can have like some question or prompt, and you have your class kind of divided in half. So you have half of them here, and half of them here, and they face each other, and you would ask a question, you know, whatever your um, 
what's the first step in solving an algebraic equation in this equation or something? Even though it's math and I'm not good at math. So I don't know why I keep going back to it. So you talk about that. Okay, what's the first step? Okay, now this person reflects, and then they just kind of discuss a little bit, and then the one line moves, like two or three people. So you get a quick response, the kids are moving, they're kind of like their brains, even just like even a quick turnaround to like turn and talk, like we did earlier. That just activates the brain a little bit more. But even like moving, physically moving your position, talking to a new person, one that increases your socialization kind of skills, eye contact, all those things that we want to teach but we don't have time to teach. You can build it within these sessions, these um, little activities, uh, and it's quick, right? Most of us have an area where we can kind of like do this in our classroom. Okay, so line up for the first one. Uh, the next one that I really like and I um, do often is inside and outside circles. And so again, you take your whole class or you can take parts of your class and you can have, have them be a partner. And then um, some of them are like group like number one, the other ones are number two. The ones are in the inside circle, the twos are in the outside circle. And what you'll do is you'll give like a similar prompt um, and then, or like a discussion, I could see this in like you're reading a story. What do you think the main character uh, thought about during this chapter? And so the inside circle goes first. And so they'll talk. And then the outside person will talk. And what I like to do is I like to stand like right in the middle of the circle where it says inside. I can hear everything. I can hear all the feedback. I'm getting a lot of feedback right there of like how I need to alter my teaching based on what I'm hearing. And so it's really good. It's really quick. And then I have the outside circle move. Or you could have the inside circle move. I'll say, all right. So number two is you're going to move three people to your left or counterclockwise for those, you know. Students are learning time, you know, you can embed that with like second, third, fourth graders. So that's a great one to use. Okay, so utilize that one maybe next week. The next one is called network sessions. Um, so this is like, again, you have another question or a prompt that you want to use. Um, this is, has a little bit more to do with writing. You know, the research says like if we talk about it and we write it down uh, and then talk about it again, we can retain it much more. It's that teaching others kind of piece. Uh, and so when we have a question or a prompt, the students go, it's almost like kind of like clock partners in a way, but you go find a partner, um, you write down their responses. So you don't, don't write down your responses, you write down the person. So you're like summarizing, you're working on those summarizing skills, and then you switch partners and repeat. And then you could do like a small group share out and maybe do a whole group. So it's that um, low impact, right? You can start with one person if you're super shy, then you can like move to a bigger group, and then maybe you could share, okay, what did somebody, maybe it's not what you said, but what did somebody else say in the group that you could use? So that's a really good one. All right, so, it's like 310, so I think we're gonna get up and move a little bit. Uh, so this is kind of like a vacation for my family a little bit. So they have fall break, and we came down here and did like the chocolate factory, and we toured Notre Dame yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but. This weather, right, is not my wife's ideal vacation. Like, she would rather be, like, on the beach. She would rather be having a book, you know, warm weather. And she brought, like, her, like, thinnest coat, like, ever. So she was, like, all freezing yesterday. And I like, like, colder weather. I love fall. So, but my ideal vacation would be, like, in the mountains, like, maybe skiing, maybe hiking, fishing. That's, like, more outdoorsy sort of thing. Uh, and hers is more like a beach. So, like, we can do a little, she likes the mountains and stuff, too, but, like, I can only do the beach thing for a little while, and i got to get moving. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to decide, like, what kind of camp do I live in? There's no, there's no like, middle ground, so you have to kind of pick one. Uh, we're going to have, like, the beach people. Like, if you're a beach person, like, chair, beverage of choice, whatever it is, 
uh, you're going to be over there at that wall kind of area. And if you're like a uh, mountains, kind of hiking, outdoorsy person, you're going to be like over here. Okay? We're going to move on three. One, two, three, go. Students just haven't talked all class, so you can get students two or three times. I teach immersion, and I use immersion to help 
what their answer, they don't have to initial it or anything, they could, but they don't have to, but all students come up, they write their answer, and then um, you kind of like, there's a little handout that you can kind of see, but um, what it says is similarities, differences, and I can and surprises. And so as you're, you almost do like a gallery walk, so you can do like multiple boards, um, but students can walk around and say, oh, you know, their thought was maybe different than mine. And what I like about this is, um, Students can maybe change their minds once they see something like, oh, that kind of like makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. They can like change their mind. Um, and so you don't, you're not stuck with your opinion. You're not stuck in this camp of what you believe because you're, you're getting more information. And all students are able to see everybody's response. So I, I like that. So you can use some other ones. Maybe um, I could see the three threes in a row being turned into a chalkboard splash. You know, you have that and then you go up and write your summary down or somebody else's summary. And then you can all kind of learn a little bit more. Uh, now we're going to look into those. So that's that student collaboration piece. Now we're going to look into the OTRs and opportunities to respond. All of these are opportunities to respond, but the other ones were more concerned with like group work or movement type. So this is just more uh, focused on um, just getting students more just involved. Um, so it does take intentional planning, uh, a little bit of wait time. It's more student-centered than teacher-centered. Um, all voices heard in class every day. So like, sometimes that's hard. Like, if you got 25 kids in high school and they all just wanna like keep their head down. But if you can get every child, every student to talk in every class period every day, what a difference in your class, what a difference in retention you're gonna have. And so these are gonna hopefully help with that. Uh, students are more likely to take risks because if you have a safe environment, uh, <laughs> that's hard, you can't take back their misses. I know you're, as excited as I am about today's lesson, everyone's like sleeping, right? And so this teacher's just having fun on the board. But you gotta get the students involved, right? If they're not owning it, if they're not involved doing something, um, and then they're just gonna check out. So start, start slow, just we, as we talked about, and then just get comfortable, and then build in more of these tools in your toolbox. Uh, so this one, and we actually did right away when we started, we did the quick write, what does the student engagement mean to you? And so right away when we came in, we had a little bit of a opportunity to respond. It wasn't like, uh, well, it was kind of like sharing with a partner afterwards, but you had time to think about it. I gave you wait time, and you wrote your answer down, and then you were able to kind of like formulate it. Some students need a little bit more processing time. They need to write it down first, kind of get their ideas on paper, and then they need to kind of talk about it. So this is a good one. Um, and maybe this is one you want to talk about in your classes next week. If you could trade places with anyone for a day, who would you pick and why? So that's a good like non-content sort of one to kind of get them uh, in the process of doing some of these. Um, so you select the prompt, give time to think, and then parachute, just like what we did earlier today. Uh, these ones take a little bit more planning. Um, they actually have like physical cards that you could like create and the students can hold them up. It's kind of similar to like, uh, like a whiteboard. All right, show me your work, like yes, no. Uh, but these are actual cards that you could create, true, not true, true with modifications like would require a little bit more explanation for that, and then unable to determine. Um, so you could, each student would maybe have like four laminated cards. I would suggest doing that, laminating them, just so they last a little longer. Um, and then you ask the students question, and then students are having the opportunity to respond without having to speak up, or like having to collaborate if they're really nervous about that, because you're working on slowly building up that capacity for students, uh, but they're able to do that um, without using uh, the voice if they don't have to. Another one, um, you can create one like this. You just have numbers, like if you're doing math, um, you can do it that way. Uh, it takes a little bit more planning. Um, 
on that one, so you have to be a little bit more intentional with that one. That's called holdups. And I like this one too because we have a lot of students that are really like um, into the arts and are very good, but they don't have many times to like showcase it. And so these one, this is a good one. Uh, quick draw. You have um, you can kind of like write a summary and then draw a picture of what you are thinking or what is going on, kind of in this uh, prompt or question. Or uh, but I really like this one. It represents an image. Kind of represents uh, what you're thinking and writing about. Uh, ranking, we did this one earlier with the pyramid, how you would kind of rank what uh, that topic was. And so you've already done one of these, um, so you can see how things can be ranked. And maybe you're a little off in, in some of those, but so you rank according to whatever criteria that you've assigned. Uh, and then you, the students would then provide justification. Like we probably could have gone back and forth on a couple of those on the pyramid, um, you know, between the 50 and 60 percent or something like that. Uh, and then allow students to change their mind based on what they hear. Uh, they're not stuck there either. So I really like the ranking rank one as well. Uh, three, two, one reflection. So this is kind of like a, almost like an exit ticket. You don't have to take a grade on this. But three things uh, that I learned, two interesting facts, and then uh, one question that I still have. So it gives you a lot of feedback as students exit your class or exit for the day. Um, okay, what did I do awesome? Like, what are, if kids know this concept really well, they got my learning target. Uh, you know, two interesting facts, or they kind of pay attention, they kind of got some, some uh, fast facts there. And then one question that maybe I still have. So like, where, as a teacher, can I go back and figure out how to, maybe I need to uh, rephrase something or kind of do some remediation in some certain area? So three to one reflection is a good one as well. Uh, picture notes are just awesome. Just saying today, we're just gonna, I just want you to not take like physical notes, like handwritten notes, but I want you to do it in pictures. So maybe have a heading and then have a student draw a picture. Because remember, we talk about images are way more uh, really uh, ingrained and we can like learn more through images than we can words. It's just that our, how our brain is wired. And so students are creating their own images to go along with the content. Boy, how effective would that be? And then if they can kind of share with each other uh, what that image means to them, Boy, that's teaching other people. That's in that 90% range. So they're really diving into the content then. So picture notes are really good. So uh, good, good thing to try and mix it up. You know, if you're a primarily a lecturer, you know, this is a good way to mix up how you're doing things. Uh, also, like, these are another like exit ticket, maybe a summary, a three-sentence wrap-up. So you just, uh, you know, end my lesson. What did we do in three sentences or less? What was the main three things? And it can't go over. Or less, like how can you got to be concise, like in summarizing, right? A lot of these have to do with summarizing, but how can you be concise? And then you can share with a partner, okay? And then maybe those partners go with a bigger group, and then they have to create a group summary based off of that in three sentences. So how can we really be concise about what we did today, or this video we watched? How can we summarize that? Um, that's a really good one to kind of wrap up a lesson or a topic that you're covering in class. Uh, a to Z summary, this is kind of fun, um, unless you don't have 26 kids in your class, and it's kind of hard, but you assign every kid a letter, um, but you can, you know, stop. Z is tough, right? So, but you, you give each kid a letter, and at the end of the lesson or the concept, uh, the students have to, like, begin their um, sentence, the summary, with the letter that they have, right? And so you have to think about, okay, Z might be a tough one, so you might just end it somewhere sooner. Um, so that's kind of a fun one. You can mix it up a little bit uh, with 
that. So just a little bit more fun way to summarize the um, lesson, and then they can respond. And you can turn that into a chalkboard splash. You can turn that into um, that three threes in a row. You can inter, um, interweave these uh, a lot together. Uh, another one is pause, star, rank. So if like you're reading a chapter summary, you could um, read like a paragraph or, or so, and then you could have the students uh, pause, just stop a second. I want you to start like the top three things that you've noticed in the article so far, or at the end of it. Uh, and then I want you to like, or maybe like all the things that you thought were important. Okay, so of all the things that were important in this uh, article that we read on the website that you looked at, now I want you to give me the top three. Like of the of this, all the things that you thought were important, give me your top three, and then write. You know, you can do a three sentence summary with that. So you have it's called pause, star, and then rank. And so that's a really good one for students to really figure out what's important. Because I have a lot of students. Okay, we're going to highlight today, and they just like almost basically get a spray painter out. Everything's important, and it's not all important, right? And so really having students really figure out what is important, and then justify why they thought. So it really goes into high-level thinking. So when we think about um, our engagement with students, okay, these total participation techniques really are in this four range. So you have this quadrant uh, of highly cognitive, uh, high cognition, high participation is that four top right range. Um, the one to the left is high cognition, low participation, low cognition, low participation and then low cognition, high participation. So we definitely don't want to be in the one, right? Because that's like, students aren't engaged, they're not challenged at all. Can we be in the four every single lesson, every single day? No, that's just not how, I mean, that would take some, you'd be like a super teacher, right? You'd have to like have all the planning done, like to the minute, you'd have all these engaged strategies. But should we strive to be there a lot of the time? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. And a lot of these techniques and strategies uh, I think it'll help us get there. And it would help me, you know, if I was back in the classroom, so it would really help me to know some of these next week, like, I'm gonna try a couple of these uh, and just see how it goes. Uh, but it would get my students way more engaged. Um, so just have intentional planning for this. You gotta have wait time. Uh, and then make sure questions that you ask are open-ended. These yes-no questions, uh, it's too easy, right? It's too easy for, it doesn't make, uh, rich conversation, it doesn't hold students really accountable. Um, you know, tell me more, or make it sure it's an open-ended question that you're asking. Wait time is so, so important. Uh, and just start small, right? I've been, you know, talking this throughout. You know, there's so many of these here that you could just try, and you may want to try a bunch next week, but just try a couple. Try one and do it really well, and see if you can kind of like, you know, high school teachers, I could see that, you know, you try one class, and. It's kind of like your guinea pig class, and you try it to the next one by like sixth or seventh hour, you've kind of got it down, right? And then you kind of tell their teachers how it went, maybe spread the word a little bit. Hey, I've been trying these. My student that was sleeping in class three days a week, he's like moving now because he loves sports and he likes his, these movement ones, so he needs that, right? So knowing your students well, knowing your students excellently will help you determine which of these you might want to use because you can't use all of them all the time. Uh, so just tying it all together, engagement is related to, and highly related to belonging. And so if we don't have students that belong, or they don't feel a sense of belonging, they're not gonna be engaged. And when they're not engaged, they're not gonna be high performing, right? And so then we're running through that MTSS process. So this is a great, all these are great tier one 
um, strategies to use for all your students. And it builds that uh, community of learners. You know, we mentioned like all the different ways that um, the students can be involved uh, with each other during this time. Uh, so there is a three, two, one reflection. I thought, oh, you know, I can't like leave you guys without a reflection piece, right? I'd be like, not good on my part. So there is a three, two, one. This is just for you. Uh, three things that I learned, maybe two interesting facts, maybe one question that I still have. Thanks for coming.